This man we're about to speak to was a hard unit, of course, in his playing time for the Brisbane Lions. Uh, premierships, of course, there. And uh, NAB Rising Star probably wasn't called a NAB Rising Star back in those days. What would it have been called when Chris won that particular Norwich, 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 Norwich Rising reckon. Star? Yeah. It might well have been. Yep. So premierships as a player, premiership as a coach, of course, and the head coach of the Geelong Footy Club. And he joins us now. Chris, welcome to you. Hi, James. How are you? Was the Norwich Rising Star, would that be right? Sure was. Oh, very, very nice as a first-year player. What did you get back then, Scotty? It was an investment portfolio of 10000 I think, which was um, very handy because my first um, uh, base payment at Brisbane when I was in Year 12 was $7,500, and I paid <laughs> my... Uh, maybe like five hundred a game, but I paid my school fees out of that. So the Norwich <laughs> kept my head above water. It would have been nice now because you're not getting paid any uh, money, and you're doing a lot of media, mate. I'm doing a bit of media. I think it's um, uh, important that in times of crisis, and this is a crisis. I don't think that's overstating it. That um, the leaders of an organisation step up and at least put themselves out there. It's not necessarily my favourite thing to be out there, especially talking about myself, but I do love talking about footy and I love I love the Geelong Footy Club, so um, anyway, we can keep it going, I think is a good thing. Hey, speaking of that, what is a senior coach doing right now in isolation? Because you've got obviously no players to tinker with, you can't roll out a match simulation and work on exiting defensive 50 better or any of that sort of thing, so what are you actually doing by way of being a senior coach right now? Well, obviously the priorities have changed the, a lot from the standard the standard week. And there's really no roadmap for this. We're all feeling our way a little bit. Um, I've actually been quite busy, uh, I guess, managing up with um, dealing with boards and the bigger picture around um, trying to look after our people. And, and that's really the situation at the moment. We've got the short-term priorities, which is very much people-focused and um, trying to find a way to... One, identify the people that are most vulnerable within our um, within our footy club, um, and and then you know look at ways that we might be able to help them, and and that that's really difficult because one of the key problems for those people at the moment is the uncertainty, and we're just not in a position to give anyone great certainty um, around their position at the moment. Um, so that's a real challenge, and then there's the bigger picture of trying to forecast where all this is going to end up, and and trying to be as well planned as as possible. So. Um, again, that's a challenge, but we've got a really good team working on it. And I should say, it's just incredible uh, the people around our footy club that are, um, one, not getting paid, um, but, but two, just looking out for other people. I mean, uh, board members can be um, maligned at, at times, but the way our board are going about it, um, you know, they, they work tirelessly for nothing. In fact, it costs them a fortune every year. Um, to, to take on the positions that they do. And even now, um, they're, they're trying to find ways to support the people within our footy club that are, that are most vulnerable. It's, uh, it restores your faith in humanity if you were, um, if you were struggling in that respect. Scott, it obviously is a, a juggling act. And as you said there, you've got a, a lot of staff. There's a lot of younger players, obviously, at your footy club that, that you mightn't generally have you know, a lot of contact with during the week, during a normal season. Do you, do you have to um, give them a call and see how they're going more than you, you probably would otherwise? Or, or do you leave that up to the, the line coaches that were looking after them? But having said that, those coaches are probably looking for work themselves. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a difficult situation, not, not one that I've been through. And uh, it, it, 
that that challenge that I spoke of earlier around trying to identify the most vulnerable is yeah. um, almost impossible to get right. And I, I lean, uh, well, all our coaches lean on each other um, a lot to, to make sure that you know, we're, we're covering our bases. And um, certainly the way, I'm not sure how every club goes about it, but I have a lot of faith in our assistant coaches and they have a lot of autonomy to um, to, to do what they need to do um, to get the job done. Um, but you know, the remoteness of it all makes it a little bit more challenging to make sure that we are covering those bases. Um, you know, our assistant coaches, they're not getting paid at the moment, but you know, they're, they're connecting really well with our players and making sure they have everything they need. Their selflessness uh, is, is very impressive. Chris, assuming that uh, we get a season underway, uh, you know, down the track sometime, I'm sure you would have thought about this. What does the three or four week lead in to the start of the season look like for your group? How will that be? Will it be practice games, uh, normal training? What does it look like when, once you do get the go-ahead, if you get the go-ahead? Yeah, that's one of the things we're spending a bit of time working through at the moment. Um, it's, I think that last four weeks is probably the easiest part. Once we get some clarity that we can push the button on that preparation, for us it'll be... Um, you know, match simulation pretty quickly. I'd be surprised if there's any um, match practice against other teams. I think as soon as teams are ready to play in that sort of fashion, we'll get into the season straight away. There won't be any time to waste, I suspect. But so much will depend on what condition the players are in when they come back. And that's obviously dependent on how long they're away. It's just, in, in our view, it's folly to think that we should ask the players to stay in match condition um, from now and, and until when we when we play, uh, that that's a recipe for overtraining and um, you know um, and and injury. So you know that we're working through the scenario where we could be back playing in early June, or, or another one where we might not be playing until October. Um, and those two things obviously look really different. So we've we've got to make sure that you know the the program reflects the flat the fact that there's a very good chance the players are going to be playing. Um, games in quick succession, four or five day breaks later in the year, and then a really short turnaround into 21 as well. So the holistic view over a, a multi-year period is really important. And Chris, to, to that point, I know there's subcommittees looking into into what the actual team looks like when they, when we do resume. Do you have a view at, at this stage as to whether it's a good idea to increase the, the bench size and, and even to reintroduce the, the sub player? Look, I do have a view, um, Damo. I, I, I mean, my view on some of these things, I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to tell myself to be a little bit careful about expanding too much, especially where it relates to the impact on people. But the on-field stuff, I think, is a little bit easier. And I, for me, and this might be a simplistic view, but if the equation is cram more games into a um, shorter time frame, then the game time has to come down and the access to players has to go up. So six on the bench, shorter game time, unlimited rotations makes a lot of sense to me. But maybe even, even shorter than the 16. So sorry, even shorter than the, the currently um, edited 16 minutes plus time on? Even shorter than that? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I look, I, cards on the table. I'm an advocate for shorter games anyway. So before this, this um, situation was thrust upon us, I... You know, I, I can see a, an argument for fewer players on the field, more on the bench, shorter game time. But now is probably not the time to to push your agenda on that one. Not that I have an agenda. I, you know, it's just an idea. 
Hey, Scotty, what about the size of the footy departments? We've already seen the soft cap come charging back, given what we're going through financially in the game at the moment. But the AFL will probably want that to stay. So what what are footy departments going to look like, say, March next year, do you think? Mm, So that fits into the the big picture that we're trying to work through and forecast a a little bit at the moment, which is unpalatable, to be honest, because... Mm. Um, almost certainly it involves uh, human cost uh, and that's, you know, making a difficult situation even harder. Um, so the last thing we want to do is jump to conclusions, uh, but I think it's a, it's a safe um, bet to say that you know, right throughout society, things are going to have to be a little bit leaner. We're going to have to find a way to do more with less. Um, but I think... There, there is uh, decisions need to be made quickly. I understand that in some cases, but where you can take your time and, and plan a little bit more for, or, or to try to mitigate the unintended consequences, I think is a good idea. I think to, just to say, all right, we're going to strip out a whole lot of money and a whole lot of people from the footy department, but not make any commensurate changes with list sizes and um, the workload of your people, I think would be a mistake. Yeah, it's gonna. They're gonna cut the fat, and, and certainly at businesses, at pubs, the Cremorne. There used to be uh, four working there on a Friday, Scotty. There'll be only two there now, I reckon, early on, because you just got to look at all that, don't you? Yep. Yeah, I, I, I suspect the Cremorne will be fine, Billy. Bill's <laughs> <laughs> just shoehorned his own company. <laughs> hey, hey, Scotty. Um, I've been listening to some podcasts during the week. Uh, I'm not a big uh, podcast man, but I was listening to Hutchie and Damo. I've got a podcast, uh, Scotty. It's called Surfboard, I think it is, or something like that. And have a listen here because this happened during the week, uh, Scotty. We go to New York City. It's been a tough year. I understand it's your week to get away from the year that's been, and Brad Scott had been part of the year that's been. Anyway... <laughs> Chris and I had been in touch during that time, so I wish to catch up for a beer. You're, you're cautioning me against this. And I'm like, Damo, it's October, mate. We'll all be fine. And the Scott brothers walk in. And then you've got to go and decide to review what happened over the year, don't you? And I look around, and the two of you are wrestling, <laughs> wrestling <laughs> in the bar. And you're tangled up in the Halloween cobwebs against the wall. <laughs> Uh, is that true, Damo? Before you answer that, Chris, there's two blokes I've come across over 20 years of this caper, 25 years, who put mayonnaise on stories. One's in the room right now, James Brayshaw, and the <laughs> second one is Craig Hutchison. So answer Bill's question there. <laughs> oh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> now, did this happen? The Craig bro- I mean, the Scott brothers walked into the pub and, and uh, you just caught up with the old mate Damo. Well, I'm I'm very much a believer in the um what happens on trip stays on trip um, <laughs> yeah. philosophy. What what I will say is um, Damo and I have a very good relationship, and, and Brad, Brad and Damo have a pretty good relationship. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Scotty, the other thing that and now I know we need to be magnanimous at the moment, and I'm loving how you're taking the. Uh, yeah, the, the bigger picture, and you're, you're speaking beautifully on behalf of the distress that's going all around the place, and none of us would disagree with anything you're saying, but it is a complete and utter outrage that golf courses have been shut, <laughs> and you would be doing it very tough without access to uh, 13th Beach, etc. Yeah, well, believe it or not, my, um, my, my golfing um, visits have been curtailed for some reason over the last couple of months. Probably got more to do with the way I'm swinging it than um, any other reason, but... 
yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of frustrated people out there. I'm not a big social well, I'm not on social media at all, um, mm. but I, um, I, I do sort of every now and again um, follow some of the people in the golfing world um, through sort of various channels and, yeah, they, they seem like they're doing it tougher than we are, that's for sure. Scotty, it's a disgrace. It's an essential part of life that you can get out onto a golf course, clear your head. Even if you hit it as badly as I do, you've still got to be able to do it. And how the hell that's damaging anyone's health, I don't understand. Do you agree with me? <laughs> well, I've got to say, there's a, there's a lot of things you can make a pretty good case for um, not making much sense at the moment. But I wouldn't, be like, I wouldn't like to be the one making the rules at the moment. Right. Sorry to put a serious note on mm. it. Oh, I yes. like it. Now, isolating at home, how's that going? Your beautiful wife, Sarah, and everything, things are going all right? It is, actually. Yeah, it's lucky the three of us um, like each other. That might be tested <laughs> over, the, over the next couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, it's, um, we've got a six-year-old daughter, and she's, she's good fun at the moment. So um, she's, I'm seeing a side of her that I don't get to see too often being at work for, for so long. So... Trying to find the silver linings in all this, I think, is um, worthwhile. Nice, and you've got the metal detector to dig up oh, that case no. that Bill buried in that house over the years. <laughs> Scotty, if you ever find any money <laughs> in any of the cupboards or the roof or in the garden, you've got to let me know. Oh, I certainly will, Bill. You have my word. I, I, I've, heard, I've heard the rumours. I might have a bit of time on my hands to um, to do a bit of digging over the next couple of weeks, so I'll let you know. Hey, Scotty, we really appreciate you jumping on. Thanks very much, and uh, good luck with everything that's coming up. They're challenging times, but that's when leaders come to the fore. Yeah, and it's good that you guys are still going. You're entertaining a lot of people, including me, so thanks a lot. Brilliant, mate. Thank well you. Done. Thank you.